on a tiny home that we were going to kind of go back over that. This would be like a part two. If you missed the part one, it is on YouTube and it is on the on Anchor for podcasts as well. Right now, you can see that we're on Twitch and we're on live as well on here. We'll try to answer all your questions. We have the chat box open. I have meat and beans with me. And um, we're just going to keep going over part two. What's the first thing you want to talk about today, meat? Or do you want me to lead it off? It's up to you. Um, go ahead, go ahead and take it off. Why would you buy a brand new, like RV, tiny home, anything like that? Why would you buy a brand instead of you? Is there any reason? The only reason I can think of is not being able to find a good used. And the reason I I say that is recently looking at used rvs and i haven't actually looked at them in person this is just okay. looking at them online like facebook marketplace craigslist stuff like that even ones that are just a few years old are disgusting yeah like, it's not like renting out a house it, it's different than you know living somewhere that somebody has lived before for some reason they they clean up and and they do a decent job but like you go to look at these RVs that are a couple of years old and there's stains everywhere and they're, the stove is disgusting and God knows what happened in that bed and I mean, all this other we stuff. We don't want to talk about like the if bed. You're, yeah, right. If you're a little bit uh, worried about that type of stuff, absolutely um, would look towards buying new. On top of that, um, I don't know. Man of Fire in my chat actually brought up a good point. What about warranty? Of whether it was abused or not. you know it if you're buying used off of something like facebook marketplace and craigslist third party or, or private party i mean you're not going to get a warranty with that unless it already has a warranty that is somewhat transferable yeah um used from a dealer um i would expect that would be like buying a used car they would probably clean it up real nice and probably do the maintenance that needs to be done on it and Maybe you even still get a warranty. I don't know how that works, but uh, bottom line with anything, try to buy used unless there's just something like that that you cannot get over. <laughs> You're like, nope, yeah. I gotta have a new one. I don't want any grungy other people's stuff in my RV. <laughs> you know, I was kind of thinking, even if you buy brand new, if you're like, I'm gonna try to avoid things going wrong, I want you to point out this, you guys, things can still go wrong. It can still happen where like, Oh, For example, gosh. like uh, people get mad when they uh they have a we tow behind a camper on Facebook for five k looks really clean, dude. I mean, well the thing is, is like when you're you get that camper, the HD unit can be brand new, but that HD unit could still go out if you're overdoing it or if you're overexerting the generator. That was something we kind of wanted to ha hash back on. If you get a RV or you have some kind of you know generator at all, please look at where you're living. Because it's different for different areas. Like in Phoenix, Arizona, do not have a gas generator. It will turn your liquid into basically fumes. Am I correct there? Like it's like a fume almost. Basically, it's, it's changing it and it's vapor locking. It turns it into a vapor. That's what it is. Vapor locking to yeah. where it can't get the fuel through. But if you have diesel and you're in um, Alaska... I'm quite sure that the fuel is not going to move very well there either, right? Yeah, so diesel yeah. Um, diesel will gum up under um, extreme cold. 
and gas will vapor lock under extreme heat. Now there is additives that you can put into diesel that I know about that that'll help it from, you know, gumming up or freezing. Um, I don't know if there's additives for gas. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another thing about diesel versus gas. Diesel um, isn't as volatile as gas. You know, you you. That's true. I, I don't know if anybody's ever tried this. Like, if you just go get um a, a gallon of diesel at your local gas station and pour it on your sidewalk and try to light it with a lighter it won't light mm-hmm. you have to, it has to be compressed um whereas gas you light it it's gonna light on fire yeah you know? and you imagine lighting a whole tank of that on fire or spark lights out on fire and ka- kaboom um, someone said we use gas fire in my chat actually brought up a good uh, a good um point if you buy use the original owner ate the depreciation of the RV. And that goes to, that's the kind of the same rule of thumb for anything that you're buying used. Um, maybe minus housing because the market goes up and down constantly. There's a lot more factors, but definitely in vehicle. So uh, let's continue on the. Someone said they use a gas generator here in Phoenix. Where is it though? Is it in the shade? Is it away from the asphalt? Because like if you're underneath asphalt and or gravel, it's got to be someplace where the, the ground is not going to overheat because the ground will get to 120 degrees or hotter in uh, Phoenix. So it depends on where you put that gas generator. It can be done. It really can. But it has to be in a shaded area away from the sun and away from that asphalt. Otherwise, it's going to vapor lock. It happened to us multiple times. Hey, Goomba. Well, it's actually Goomba, the gamer. But yeah, I, I, I really... Now, the other thing with tiny homes, like I, I can tell you this from traveling with them for work, they're really not meant to be traveling all the time. You're going to have structures that are in there and you're going to notice going to crink. You know what I mean? Or what's a good word? Like you'll, you'll start to see cracks and whatnot. And I feel like with RVs, you hardly ever see that. At least I don't. Yeah, they're, built to, they're built to flex. So imagine your, yeah. your house is built on a solid piece of ground. Now imagine... Every couple of days, you have an earthquake constantly throughout the Ooh. whole year. Your walls yeah. are going to start to crack. You know, windows are going to rattle, and everything's just going to start falling apart because the house isn't meant to, or isn't built to handle constant vibrations or shaking or anything like that. When you're driving down the road, I don't care what kind of suspension you have; it's going to rattle or shake or or shift or anything like that whenever you're taking turns or bumps or mm. you know things like that whereas rvs i don't know the exact reason for this but they are absolutely built to be mobile and built to um handle bumps and constant vibrations and stuff like that so um i don't know if it's the material that's it's the flex. Of, it's or... the flex. It's exact. When you said flex, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Where a tiny home is obviously meant to be sturdy, and it's meant to kind of just you can travel around with it. But I promise you, we did it for one whole year, and it literally you could see cracks in the corners. You could see where they were um, going over it again to make sure the cracks were hidden. And then after we started driving for a couple of miles, you would see they would come back, and um, it made it really hard to show off tiny homes because of that. But um, yeah. at the end of the day, um, RVs, they just, they're flexible. I don't know if it's, I, it is the material, but it has to do with the fact that it gives, and you also have to realize the RVs are meant to constantly moving. They get that. They really do. For a tiny home, you can try to travel around in it. You're, you're going to notice it. I promise you. And the biggest thing is with all these, and we said it on the last one, I'm going to say it again, check your hubs. 
those that the weight are on those hubs and check them. You know, I, I think isn't it illegal to be in that trailer when you're pulling it? Yes. Or no? Yeah, it is. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure of that because I know people do that. I, I've we've all been on the highway and we see oh someone's in there and it's like wait a minute that's illegal, which is why most of the time you see the blinds down. Um, that being said, I was just in shock at how much an RV will last and how well it does. It's so I have an idea yeah. for the tiny home thing. What if you build a tiny home on top of a flatbed trailer using a Connex box? That would work. Because Connex boxes are extremely sturdy, but they're also meant to be transported. You could do that. I mean, the only thing that might still have wear and tear is like the minute you cut into it, and the minute you start putting in glass, and the minute you start putting in wood, oh, yeah. the wood's going to bend. You know what I mean? Like, but I mean, yeah, I, I've seen really tiny homes. Integrity. Yeah, it just depends on like, you wouldn't have one big window. You would have to have like, not a prison window, but like, that's, I, I joke when I call them that. They just have little squares everywhere. And, you know, there would be something inside there to help keep it sturdy. That could work. But I, I'm just telling you from my experience when traveling, the tiny home just can't take constant moving. Now, granted, I'm moving every week. Like I'm going to a different venue. I'm driving across the country. And that would make a like, you probably wouldn't do as much driving as I would. But the whole point of getting it is to be able to do that. So that's why we keep yeah, going back exactly. to that and why we keep telling you guys, like, get something used. It's that depreciation you won't have to eat. And on top of that, you're probably going to not really care. I mean, yes, I don't want the, the bed. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I like that, babe. You probably don't want people to get in a bed that has cockroaches or stains that we don't want to talk about on this podcast. But <laughs> yep. we also don't want, you know, you, you can get a new bed in there. You can put whatever bed you want in there as long as it's not some crazy weight limit. Huh? Yeah. Um, to, to go back to that question for me personally, mm-hmm. I most likely will buy used and it most likely will be from a dealer. Um, That's, yeah, that makes sense because then they had to clean it and all that stuff, correct? There's that. And um, I've never owned an RV before. And I don't have anybody close to me that can go with me and help me out or anything like that. So I'll be relying a lot on the dealer. Um, and I'm going to obviously do my research. We have tons of them here. I'm going to well, do yeah. my research and <laughs> make sure that the dealer is, you know, upstandable and, you know, they're not shady or anything like that. And I'm going to rely on them to make sure that this RV is going to be good and that the first trip I take it on, it's not going to, you know, break or I'm going <laughs> to you know, go to use the water and it doesn't work or the toilet and it doesn't work or, you know, something. You, you know what you need to do? That, what? You need to totally TikToks on. Totally 100% do TikToks on this. Like, hey, start your journey, your TikTok journey on doing everything that I've told you to do so far, but also document that and they can see, okay, yeah. he got an RV. Here's what happened. You can be like top 10 reasons why I wish I didn't get it or top 10 reasons why this has saved my life and changed the way I live. On top of that, um, <clears throat> I would also, it's my opinion, is like, make this TikTok. This is your TikTok idea. You're going to do it for me, okay? And you get you get all the views and everything. Tell me what you wish you knew before buying a RV or whatever you want to, whatever it is you truly want to buy. I don't know what the proper word for it is. It's not a trailer, you know what I mean? Like, um, a travel trailer? No, there's got to be a proper word. You ask that. And then 
will stitch you and they will tell you all those things that are wrong with it. Like with the BMW yesterday with me, I got so many things, like so many people mentioned and whatnot. Camper, yeah. I got so many mentions. Thank you, Portho. Is that a musketeer name? I think it is. Anyway, sorry, get sidetracked. Um, I would have them stitch that and you're going to get a good idea of what to look for and everything. Yeah. Hey, Mrs. Wonderful. That's a great idea. Yeah. That's a great, yeah, and just to go a little sidetrack, I'm still blown away about the, the TikTok thing. Yeah. I, I duetted that random video about a dude rolling down his yep. windows in the Silverado with his keys, and I did it on my Colorado and said, yeah, well, I guess it's just a Silverado thing. Immediately, like, it, you talked about this b- with me before, literally woke up overnight to 2,000 plus views, tons of comments, tons of follows and everything. That was literally, that was not like a, this video is going to go by. That was just like, I'm curious and why not make a TikTok about it? Literally had, I, I expected maybe 10 views from that. Yeah. Maybe. And in my other videos, we're getting like a couple hundred, but they were like purpose videos. So it's just for people out there wondering if you should do TikTok or any t- type of social media like that, just do yeah. it. Yeah. Literally the, the answer is just do it and do what you want to do because these algorithms are so crazy. They will literally pick the most random video and just blast it across the platform. So anyways, um, no, that's an amazing idea because that is, that is some, I've never owned an RV. I have been in one. Uh, my grandpa had one of those that go in the bed of a truck. I forget. I think they're, um, bed campers. I forget what they're called exactly, but yeah, I know what you mean the car. That, I mean, yeah. The, little. Is it a sleeper? Maybe it's not a no, not like just those shells, but like a full-on camper that sits in the bed of the truck and it has like uh, yeah, yeah, overhang yeah. over the cab, that kind of thing. Um, but I mean, I was little, so I didn't know any of the, or even care to know any of the technical sides of it or things you need to, to do to maintain it or any of that. So yeah, when I'm, when I'm ready to buy an RV, I absolutely think I'm going to do that. So I know when I go to that dealer... Regardless of how good the reviews are, I, I know what to look for. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, is also, um, whenever we are, oh, thank you for the follow. Whenever you are um, going to these dealers, look at the review. Like, I can't tell you how often Google will steer me away from going to a car dealer or go to another one because, like, I will literally read the review, see whose name is there, call and see if that's who I talk to or if that person's there. I do not want to work with that person. I want you guys to always remember this. Yes, there's that. Oh, thank you for another follow. There's always those moments in life where you are um, probably overreacting to something. But when someone takes the time to do a Google review and specifically remember a name, something happened. You know what I mean? Always remember that. Like, I know there's bits and pieces that could go wrong, that could go right. But, like, at the end of the day, if I go leave a review on something, there's probably a reason I'm being honest. Everything I see is like overhead sleeper or overhead uh, camper. I don't see anything for another name, but there's a lot of them that are pretty cool. I'm going to bring it up on the uh, screen real quick. This is what he's kind of talking about. You would probably get this old one right here, but here's, here's, an, here's an article right here. Five reasons to avoid truck campers. Well, best truck campers for sale in 2020. There's like good ideas that kind of like go from there that I would just bounce off TikTok because TikTok is that platform. That will literally change everything. I'm, I'm telling you it will. If you be you and you're authentic and you keep building your, your content, 
Like it, it just is what it is. And one video might pop off that goes viral that has nothing to do with your normal content, but people get to see your content. It's kind of like free advertisement. So, oh, thank you. I'll try to keep up the good work. That's my very base. true, man. If I very true. Yeah, those. The, I wouldn't want one of those truck um, bed campers for the the main reason that my truck is my daily driver yeah. and having to unload it and load it whenever I go to do go somewhere. On top of that, my truck's a midsize truck with a short bed, so I I don't think I would even be able to get one of those truck bed campers. Yeah. Um, but let's say I had an old truck that was just laying around, like you know, I don't know. Let's say. 20 years from now, I don't sell the truck I have and I buy another one. And so now I have two trucks. Then, yeah, I would totally use that secondary truck that doesn't really have a purpose and yeah. just turn it into a camper. Absolutely. And that, that that's what of... my grandpa did. Love you guys too. I, I don't blame people who do that. Honestly, I, I love when people, there was one that you basically do the tent. Now, I know the tent isn't something everybody would want to do, but it's like the ladder. I'll show you guys real quick. This one is the one I really like. It's not exactly cheap, but I would do this one in a heartbeat. It's like the Overlander tent. Yeah, if I was if I was into like just going and camping and going to like the desert events yeah. and stuff like that, I would absolutely just do that. Yeah, um, Overlander I love type this tent that yep. goes above your uh, yep goes above the bed of your truck. Absolutely would do that. I like that because nothing can get ground. into it. It's easy. Yeah. I would do that in you a still heartbeat. still have all your storage in the bed of your truck. Exactly. That's the biggest thing, man. You'd be surprised how much you lose in storage when it comes to the food, bringing anything and stuff like that. But that was $1,264. I mean, I feel like it's I could more make than one. just the tent, though. Yeah, that, true. That, that's, that's that whole um, railing system above the bed and everything, I'm pretty sure. This is good, too. Heavy-duty uh, ripstop polyester waterproof. I bet it can withstand winds. Max load rating of 770 pounds. Because you're going across your car. People, I'm telling you, remember the weight of stuff, dude. Remember that. That stuff's going to save you from getting hurt. Uh, LED light strips. It has a no mosquito sun or mosquito screen. Do your warranty. That. And it has a bed already in there. That's nice. Or is it bed yeah. size? I wonder if it, if it comes with the bed. I bet it does. That's kind of nice, though. Open the so fly they also out of make, Yeah. They also make ones, um, you know what you see on top of those cars, those little bullet container things? They make flatter version of those for the for trucks that go on top of that railing system. So it mm -hmm. folds completely flat, maybe yeah. four inches thick or something like that. And then when you open it, it opens it kind of like a triangle. And you're meant to put your head at the big spot and your feet at the small spot, but it's yep. it's simply just a sleeper, and they're a whole lot cheaper than a full on uh, tent that comes out and with a ladder and all that other stuff. Here's my next question for you: You live in Phoenix. Are you going to have one without air conditioning? Like an RV? No. Yeah, you're going to have air conditioning, no. right? Absolutely. How many systems? Or how big? What? How, how big are you thinking of getting one? If you don't ask, I'm going to try to type it in. You know how big? I, I would I would like to have a 14 footer, but there's something that I'm also not sure about is what amenities you get with the smaller ones versus the big ones. I don't need to sleep a bunch of people, uh, three max or just even one bed. You know, my two year old can sleep in in my bed. Um, 
but it definitely needs to have um, a working bathroom uh, with an interior shower. That's big for me. I don't want to do that whole outside so the, shower. The 14 one's kind of small, correct? If I'm looking at it so far, it, it kind of looks like a teardrop, but like not exactly, but you would get a bigger right. one. Yeah, that would be, it definitely would be doable. You would only need one AC unit. That would be my biggest fear. You just need one and you'd be good to go. The only other thing I guess you could say is won't have that much space that's the only downside to that like you just need yeah. you need a fridge you got the ac you got the toilet the shower that's it the pretty stove. much yeah and that, that's pretty much it but my purpose um is so people in my chat are saying you're gonna immediately want bigger and that that is gonna yeah. be true i'm gonna want bigger but um the purpose the initial purpose of me wanting an rv is to travel to and from fresno california to visit family um, not having to rent hotels. I just need something to sleep in, use the bathroom in, you know, hang out when I'm not hanging out with my family. And that's it. Something I can park in a little RV park or even like in front of their house for a weekend or in a Walmart parking lot. Now, uh, the secondary purpose I would want it for is to go and start traveling, start doing road trips, visiting national parks throughout the United States. That case, I can definitely see wanting a bigger one. Yep. Um, the thing is, is I know I'm not going to do that very often throughout each year. Whereas going back and forth to California, I will do that probably every other month or maybe gotcha. even every month if it's, if it's really that easy with an RV. Um, so I might want to start off with something like a 14 footer or even maybe go up to a 19 footer. Um, that's kind of like the 14 to 19 feet is kind of like the range I was looking in. Um, looking at excuse me looking at because these are these are all pull behind trailers that i was looking at so i need to make sure that my truck can handle it which um not and we've talked about this in the excuse me in the first podcast not just the pulling power but i can yeah. stop with it um it's not too big to you know handle um curves on the road or high winds or anything like that um but a 19 footer, I would say for my first RV would probably be the biggest. Um, after that, absolutely. I probably would want something like a, you know, <laughs> 27, 30 footer, something like that. But I would need a different truck for that. Absolutely. Totally. The one thing I was going to bring up, because someone brought up how they want to turn an old school bus into a mini home. I would love to do that too. You have to realize that you're taking up, you're taking these big vehicles. He's talking about a 14 foot and going to a 19 footer. It's going to be complicated when you're trying to make turns if you guys have not practiced. Now, you want to go to those state parks. I bet you you can get in with a bus. Don't get me wrong because I know they do bus trips all the time. But usually those guys have to drop the people off and then they go to a designated bus area. Now, you can pull in there too, but you're going to probably be walking a bit or usually bus drivers just wait there and come back and get you. Long story short... So longer your trailer is you got to be prepared and the longer your vehicle is for really really small areas to be complicated for you go ahead me that, that is very true and um one of my viewers manifier um brought up a really good point you can rent rvs yeah so that's something i didn't even think about i probably am now gonna do i will rent one first that would rent like a little 14 footer and yeah. see like is this gonna work that's am a I good idea like Let's see. I know which one to go to right now. They have a website because there's one thing I will admit. Um, they can be slightly expensive. This is a oh, yeah. I'm not I'm absolutely not going to rent one in place of going to a hotel. 
I've looked. Um, I've seen the ads for them. I haven't looked at them, but I've seen the ads yeah. for them. You, you know, they're a hundred and something dollars a night usually. Yeah. Um, that that's about what I was paying for hotels. You know, so you're talking four hundred dollars for a weekend. Um, but renting one just to see if you know, hey, is this fourteen footer going to be good enough for me? Or no, it's not. I need a nineteen footer. So let me go rent a nineteen footer next time. Okay, this is perfect. Now I know what I want. Oh, my truck can handle it perfectly well. It's got plenty of room. All those questions that I'm going to have. You know, when you're driving, you're also going to learn how much you... You're driving through an area where there's some random extreme wind. You're going to get yeah. a good idea of how that trailer is going to sway, depending on how you pack it and depending on what's in there. A lot of people don't realize that um, it can be very dangerous when you that trailer. Um, got the proper word for it. I see it. I'll call it out too when we're driving. <laughs> yeah, or like we're driving, I'll be like, they're gonna wreck. It was back in the I've, early nineties. I've but, seen, I've seen semi trucks literally lean yes. over doing you know fifty five, sixty down the highway. And every time I see that trailer lean just a little bit, I always back off because yeah. I have come up to. I've never seen one actually tip over in person, but I've come up to them tipped over already. So I know it happens. And can you imagine being? Let's say you're on the uh, wrong side. You're in the fast lane, and they're in the slow lane, and it tips over into your lane and crushes you. <laughs> Good luck. I mean, that's the one thing. The best thing you can do when it comes to semi, and it's just for them and for you, get around them quickly, leave them alone, yep. give them the space, let them make those turns because those turns can be. Cold. But you would get. Would you still get a diesel generator for that small one, that fourteen? That might be more yes. expensive, but you you know you're going to want it. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I would add, so yeah, let's get back onto that diesel uh, or that generator talk. So there's yeah. three types of generators that you can use. There's diesel, natural gas, and gas, regular gasoline. Natural gas is going to be a little bit um, uh, hard. You would most likely, guaranteed, you're most likely going to use propane um, yep. instead. Um, because, you know, you're, it, it, there's a little bit of an argument for RVs using propane uh, generators because you already have a propane tank on board for your gas stove mm -hmm. um, and and even sometimes water heaters. So you're like, well, I already have a propane tank, so I might as well just use that for my generator. Yeah. Um, it, it, the propane generators or, or natural gas generators are not that efficient. Where those come into play to be really, really good is in your if you're in a rural area, like your house is in a rural area, and everything that you, all your appliances are, are natural gas, like your water heater and your stove and stuff. A yeah. natural gas generator is going to be cheaper um, utilizing that really? utility over diesel or something like that. Absolutely cheaper. So if you have a generator for like power outages or, you know, anything like that, yeah. natural gas is going to be better um, cool. than, than gas. Basically... You don't ever want to use gas unless it's something that you're just gonna tote around every once in a while to power some, you know, drills or you know whatever. You could you could just use a gas generator, but if it's gonna be something that might be on all night or might be on, you know, or you might be using all weekend or something like that, diesel is definitely gonna be the best. You, one yeah. with diesel generators, you get more output per um, gallon of fuel than you do with gas. Um, so, so basically what I'm saying is the gas mileage, quote unquote, is better on a diesel generator than yeah. a gas generator. And, and I we've can talked about the, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I can vouch for that because 
um, our trailer has five AC, five AC units, and um, it's powering nice. electricity. It's powering all the outlets, and um, AC units can be hot or cold. Long story short, it's like their own personal air conditioning unit in there, and it can literally it can go three days before we have to refill it. Like, and I know a lot of you guys are like, well. That's not really that good. I mean, I want to go the whole week. Listen, it's powering five continuously without stop. It, it's it's ridiculous. And I think it's a 30-gallon tank. Sure, yeah. So like 30 gallons of diesel keeps them all going at least. Have to fill it up on that third day. It will run out. Don't ever let it run out. But I'm just letting you know now. That's something I forgot to mention. What happens when you run out of diesel and a diesel generator? Do you know? Um, well, I know if it's anything like a diesel vehicle, I know what happens in a diesel vehicle is you those lines lose pressure and yeah. you have to prime the lines. So yep. diesel vehicles usually don't have fuel pumps in the tank like regular gas vehicles do. They have a pump in the engine that when the engine's running, it's a mechanical pump when the engine's running, that pump is going. When the engine's not running, that pump's not going. So let's say um, you have a line burst from your gap from your from your diesel tank to to the actual engine and you lose all pressure in that line you lose all fuel whatever you have to prime that line again otherwise that you're just going to be cranking that motor constantly and constantly and constantly trying to get that pump to pull diesel through again so i imagine for a generator it's going to be the same same yep. deal if um, you let that run empty you got to prime it. if you don't know how to do it you're you're going to have to take it into um, and you got to hope right. you, it's to save it from damaging stuff, which it should do, but it could still get damaged. You got to be careful. But um, I just so put in one, the... one option Go I want to bring up is, um, and it's definitely something I'm going to do is a lot of people bring up solar. Solar is an option. It's like, well, you know, if you live like where I live, if you live somewhere that's constantly sunny, um, why not solar? Well, here's the thing with solar. Um, it, yes, you are only reliant on the sun. Um, solar also needs batteries. Um, if you're trying to power things directly off of solar panels, that's not going to work because solar panels are variable. Depending on yep. the angle, the amount of sun you're getting, yep. um, you know how high the sun is in the sky, all that type of stuff will depend on the wattage that that solar panel is going to be able to put out at any given time. So electronics don't really like to get, oh, I'm going to get, you know, 30 watts now and I'm going to get 10 in a couple of minutes. And <clears throat> electronics really don't like that. They, yeah. they need consistent power. Um, so it, when I get an RV and it's one that I am actually going to keep, I will put solar panels up on the roof and I will have battery packs because most of the time I will be able to run the basic stuff off of that and I'll never have to run the generator. But let's say I am running a TV and I have um, satellite internet going, <clears throat> excuse me, and I'm charging stuff and I have all the lights on, the refrigerator's going, um, you know, I'm using the hot water heater. Let's say that's electric because I think a lot of them are electric in those smaller RVs. Yeah. Um, so I'm using the hot water and I'm cooking on the stove and using the microwave, all these things. Like we're just having a party. Yeah. The generator will absolutely have to come on because I will drain those batteries super fast. Yeah, I mean, it will um, only be like maybe in one minute if that, if I'm being honest with you. I, I don't care what yeah. solar panels you have. The minute the AC is on and the minute the refrigerator has to come on and then you're using the hot 
um, the electric, uh, the water heater and all that. Um, so only thing you would be able to use that for is really, what's the most you could get away with? Um, I think while traveling, let's say, um, you know, I'm driving from, let's say I'm driving from Phoenix to, um, to, Blackstone? I don't know, let's say Phoenix to North Dakota. Okay. Yeah. Um, most of that's going to be sunny. I know a lot of the times, uh, maybe Colorado or Wyoming or something like that is going to be a little stormy and stuff like that. But I can load up the refrigerator, and um, assuming those batteries are fully charged, you know, because the RV's probably been parked somewhere, and I've had those uh, the the batteries uh, being kept charged using the solar panels over time and whatnot. Um, it'll most likely only be running that fridge, and that's it. While I'm yep. while I'm driving, and I think it would absolutely be able to do that. You think um, so? I really, I really. This is I, a TikTok. I, I, this is we're gonna you're gonna screen grab this. I'm gonna be like, I bet it won't work, and you're gonna screen grab it and show me how I'm wrong because I just don't think it's going to. It depends on the size of the fridge, but it's just like I, I gotta see that happen because I I can see it powering all your electronics, like recharging your phone, the lights, but a fridge. I, I want to so see it. Prove me wrong. So here's the thing that I, that I think is the the key factor is yeah. the solar panels aren't powering anything. The batteries are. The solar panels that. are just recharging the batteries. Yep. Now, I would try my best to at least be able to power that fridge without yeah. the generator off of the batteries and still have. So let's say I got perfect sun while I'm driving. That the solar panels are keeping the batteries at a hundred percent and um powering that fridge that's how i would want it it. um that way when i lose sun you know i drive through a storm or it starts to become nighttime and i still have probably an hour or two to find a place to park for the night and then pop on that generator so you if you i wouldn't want to use lead acid batteries i would probably want to use some sort of uh, lithium ion battery meant for this kind of thing um but if I had, uh, I'm talking space-wise, if I had maybe like a um, foot-by-foot cube of storage for batteries, I don't think I would have enough. It would have to be something maybe like four-by-four. Maybe if I can get a, a little bit of a smaller generator and use the rest of that generator cubby hole that they have to store the batteries. Um, I think it would absolutely be fine. But that's where you're going to run into the issues is how much battery can you have? And then how um, much weight, too. Like, I know those solar panels yeah. aren't going to be light, and you can't... Exactly. So you're going to have I a fun game there. I would be able... <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would be able to line the whole roof of the RV with solar panels. That's a lot. That's That's a lot of weight. I'm thinking maybe one panel on the end and one panel at the front. You know, the one in the back, one in the front. Um... Yeah, that would make but it very But the even. idea is everything would run off of those batteries and either the generator is going to supplement and charge the batteries at night or the solar panels are going to supplement and charge the battery. It would be the same thing living off-grid in an off-grid home. Yeah. You're definitely going to have to have that generator recharge the battery, but I would like to see if it works, if I'm being honest. And someone said, are you yeah. sure? <laughs> yeah big yeah. mike exactly uh, you know solar paired with a diesel generator should offset it and prolong yeah what that's another thing prolonging that that diesel usage 
So you said you went three days on that diesel generator powering five AC units. Yes. Imagine if the that that tiny home was lined with solar at the top, and you had batteries in in between the the generator, solar, and your utilities. That five days might have been ten. We mean three, three days. days. Might have been ten. Yeah. Uh, it was a pen, though, because here's the thing: like that that trailer is twenty two thousand pounds. Really, it's long. Like I, one day, I got to show right. you guys all the stuff I've done when I know I'm kind of done with that career. But long story short. That generator alone, let me go back. Let me go back to that generator. I put it in the chat. See how heavy it is. It's up there in terms of weight. Yeah, we've talked about this in the first episode. Weight is a huge, huge deal. So here's how, um, here's how he, I'm going to ask you this question. Where do you think our generator is? Do you think it's in the back of the engine or back of the trailer? Or do you think it's in the front of the trailer? Um, it's a, uh, by the way, it's, I, I think it's somewhere in the middle is where I would, that's where I would want it to be. I would want it to be closer to the axle. Yeah, that's, so you're right. When you're thinking like that, you're completely spot on. It's in the front where when we connect to the top of the, because um, it's a gooseneck, when it drops down onto the hitch, which is, um, we have a flatbed truck, so it goes in the bed of the truck, the hitch is right there, a ball hitch and all that. It's kind of like a fifth wheel, but not, because a fifth wheel, you would slide back and click, but ours is like that. It's in the front. Right. Because all the weight is right there on the back tire. So we have a Ford 550 that's pulling it. And they're doing gotcha. that because that's where most of the weight is. Because if they put any of the weight in the back, it goes on the tires. One thing I didn't explain to him yet, which now he's going to be like, now that's why. Our tires go up into the trailer because the trailer drops to the ground. So if we put the Jenny anywhere near the tires, um, the tires would actually hit the pins that keep the trailer up. And they would just pop. But um, yeah, the main makes, thing is that makes perfect sense. Now. Yeah, he and, didn't know that. You're basically, doing yeah. what I was thinking, you're you're yep. just putting the weight over the truck's axles, not the trailer's axles. Yes, sir. So one second. Let me... That's actually another thing. Um, by the way, if you're pulling something with a truck, um, and again, you got to keep your weight in mind that 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 truck has a max weight limit for pull and haul. It is not or it is and. I wish so, I did have you on my screen right now because, like, this is huge. Listen to this man. It, this is before you buy it. If you have somebody there who can help you, or contact me and Beans and let him know that you're about to buy something and be like, "Hey, it, this is huge." Keep going, man. I'm sorry. No, no worries. So, let's say your truck's pulling uh, capacity or towing capacity is seven thousand pounds. If you buy a trailer that is seven thousand pounds empty that's it empty you cannot mm -hmm. put anything in it you cannot load it up with uh, a diesel generator and batteries and all of your camping equipment and all of this other junk because that seven thousand pounds is now going to be something probably like seven thousand five hundred pounds and you have now um baby for leah thank you for the follow you have now <laughs> exceeded your towing capacity and the towing yeah. capacity on a vehicle it has to do, just to kind of quickly go over what we went over in the first episode for people that missed it, it has to do with the amount, uh, the power that the engine can handle to, 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 you know, pull, but also the stopping power and also the structural integrity of the vehicle itself. Like, if you're going to pull something that's 7,000 pounds, is it going to stress your frame too much or anything like that? 
on top of that, you have like your hitch capacity and your tongue weight and all that other stuff. But mm-hmm. when if you buy a truck that can pull 7,000 pounds, let's drop the trailer down to, let's say, 5,000 pounds empty. That gives you some room to put some stuff into the trailer and you can put some stuff in the bed of the truck. So just because it says towing capacity is 7,000 pounds doesn't mean you can pull 7,000 pounds and then load 500 pounds in the bed of the truck. That, that, that 500 pounds in the bed of the truck is combined with your towing capacity. It's a tow and haul, not tow or haul. Yeah. So um, my truck personally can pull somewhere around 7,000 pounds. So I would want a trailer that is exactly like that. Somewhere probably around 5,000 pounds would be perfect because that's going to give me enough room um, with to, to enough room to put a good generator in there. I want to do the batteries. I want to do the solar panels. I would also be able to load it up with groceries and you know all my clothes and like put a TV in there and a bunch of other stuff that's going to increase the weight. But then it also leaves room for me putting some stuff in the bed of the truck. So I can put extra propane tanks in the bed of the truck if I'm going on a really long trip. Like let's say I'm going cross country, um, some canisters of extra diesel, um, you know, whatever I want to put in that bed of that truck. Um, let's say I have a small trailer that doesn't have a room for a generator. I absolutely could put the generator in the bed of the truck so long as I have that extra tow haul capacity to play with. I could put the generator in the bed of the truck and run a wire, a power wire to the trailer. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's just something to think about. Well, that's also like um, whenever we have to, when we go inside to the indoor events, we can't use the generator. We have a cord that will plug in. I forgot the proper word for it. A long story short, like a dryer outlet. We plug that in, we plug it into the wall and a generator, it goes to auxiliary power. If I'm, that's the correct word so it will run off that instead of and and the electricity will recharge the battery itself and everything but the battery is really just there to charge to, to turn the generator over after that generator runs everything that being said a lot of you guys we were almost like 20 something you went on that rant a lot of people are like it's too confusing long story short guys just listen check your weights what you can tell and then don't be afraid to move the weight around, which is what he was saying. And it's something I do professionally as well. We can't put any more weight in that trailer. Okay, let's put it in the truck. Um, we'll move some things around. We'll take some heavier things and put it in the truck, like our tent weight or our, um, and it's, it, you just got to learn to be, you got to learn to improvise. It's the biggest thing when it comes to some of this stuff and not put so much on the load of your trailer or the load of your truck. Because the next thing I was going to ask him, he was saying he wants to connect stuff, all that. What's going to be your internet source? Are you going to get Starlink if you can get it or some it would, satellite? It would, absolutely, it would absolutely be Starlink. Um, I wouldn't go get any other type of satellite internet. I would wait for Starlink. Now, Starlink is not mobile yet. Yeah. So if you, I can actually get Starlink right now. I got the invitation for it. No way. It would be locked to my house. Yeah. yeah. It would be locked to my house. If I tried to put it in an RV or my truck or something like that, I, it wouldn't work. Can you but elaborate to them a, how much of a difference that internet is compared to most or what are the downfalls of it oh, absolutely. that you like? So um, normal satellite internet, the satellites are way further. They have a way higher, um, uh, forget the word for it, but basically they're they are higher elevation than the Starlink satellites. Starlink satellites are way closer to the earth. They're in a low orbit, low earth orbit, really, yeah. really low earth orbit. 
So what that does is it lowers the latency because if if you have satellite internet and you request something, let's say you go to google.com on your um, browser, you then send the signal from your computer to your modem. It goes to that satellite dish. It sends it up to a satellite in the sky and in space. And then that has to come down, hit a server on the ground. So let's say it's Starlink. So it's going to hit a Starlink server. That Starlink server is then going to go to wherever else in the world it needs to go to get to google.com. It gets the information. It then sends it back up to the satellite, yep. back down to your dish, and then into your computer. There's a, there's a whole extra step versus if you had cable internet to where the cable internet is you would make that request. It goes to a local server here for your ISP already on the ground, goes out, does its route, find its thing, and comes back. You're not going up to space and coming back down twice. Yeah. So when the satellite is way, way high up in the sky, that time to send that signal takes longer. Therefore, yeah. you're having an extra latency. And latency... Uh, for normal satellite is usually somewhere around 200 to 400 milliseconds. Yeah. So you're getting close to half a second. Loading a web page, not that big of a deal. Watching a YouTube video, not that big of a deal. Doing anything else that is latency sensitive, like playing a video game, for example, oh. huge deal. Yeah, it is. With Starlink, there um, it has been tested, and you can you can YouTube this. It has been tested that people have been getting sub forty milliseconds on request. Just doing like a speed test, for example, the, some people were getting twenty, twenty five, thirty, and that's not even close to where they want to be. They want to be somewhere around sub ten. Like yeah. my latency for my cable internet is about anywhere between one millisecond and four millisecond at its worst. Yeah. So that's that comparison. How fast? So Starlink is, is a huge deal. So how fast is that? Yeah, is it like 20 megabytes per second, 10 megabytes per second? Because like I, most satellite is like five megabytes and latency real. Have you seen yeah, any of their so, speeds yet? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. There, when it goes live, there, Starlink's goal is to be gigabit. What? We're close to it. We're, t- no we're talking 900. Yeah. yeah. We're talking 900 about meg- 900 megabits per second and about 30 something up. So close to what I currently have with my cable service provider. Um, the difference between my cable service provider and Starlink will be um, the, the two things will be the latency like we just talked about and also the consistency. So that's that bandwidth is going to be consistent on usage. So how um, saturated is the Starlink network at that given moment? Um, It's going to be consistent, or it's going to depend on weather, for example. Mm -hmm. Am I having bad weather? Is the signal having trouble? Or is there any interference kind of thing? Um, But right now, people have easily been getting close to 90 megabits per second. Um, I think one guy got a little over 100. Almost everybody's been anywhere between 20 and 30 megabits up. So Elon's crazy, man. This man's gonna recreate. He's gonna make everything so more streamlined just because he wanted to, because he got tired of seeing everybody get taken advantage of. Because that would be unreal. Do you know what he has said the estimated cost would be? Any idea on um, that? Like what we would pay a month? Es- it, right now, I think it's about a hundred bucks a month for beta, and I think it's gonna be about that when it goes live. the The cost, the the 
extra cost versus getting local cable internet if you have that as a choice this is mm-hmm. going to be the deciding factor for most people is to start up local cable internet you're gonna what you're gonna have to pay your first month's bill and maybe rent a modem and pay an installation fee which is usually somewhere around like 35 bucks or something like that right yeah with starlink you're buying that satellite dish and the modem and the cabling and all of that and it's it's a couple hundred dollars i want to say it was 200 or to 500 or something like that yeah um my the email i got is buried so um, well, i was gonna say to to someone just says so costs like any other internet but this is different though this is internet where you don't have to kind of control it i mean the only thing that's going to be sucky is the weather and it's going to be depending on how quick or how that latency is but imagine if you live in the middle of nowhere you finally have internet because a lot of people can't get internet because the power lines don't go like they don't have that ability or um spectrum charter at&t whoever your internet provider is hasn't paid the money to continue down your street so that was like in my old hometown you could only get west kentucky internet you could not get any of the other internet that was cheaper and faster because they didn't pay to come down your road west kentucky did so to give you an example of having a satellite, you don't have any competition. You don't have to worry about where you are. Put it up there and then have 90. If they get to 900 megabytes per second, I, I will I will be shocked. That's going to be unreal. Like almost. So there's a couple, couple other differences with what Starlink is doing versus other satellites. And I might get the terminology wrong here because I'm yeah. not um, very space um, educated. <laughs> But yeah. um, I believe Starlink is going to be in a um, geosynchronous orbit, meaning that, it, it, again, if that's the right terminology, meaning that the satellite stays in its position relative to Earth. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be a cluster of satellites that service the northern hemisphere of uh, you know the Earth versus the southern and east and west and so on and another thing on top of that is the satellites will communicate with each other utilizing lasers um basically a wireless fiber optic so remember when i told you that if i if i go to google.com i will send a signal it'll go up to the satellite and then come straight back down to another server and then go from there yeah imagine the imagine that server being in china so I just went to space and then came right back down. Let's say it went to Texas, the servers yeah. in Texas. So it went, yeah. it went to space from Arizona, went back down to Texas, and then it went to all the landlines from Texas to China, from China back to Texas and back up. Instead of doing that, it goes to, to space and it already knows that the server's in, in China. So instead of going back down to Earth right away, it goes mm-hmm. through all of its sister satellites using lasers to get over to that portion of the world and then goes down. That right there will lower the latency to um, you know, get to servers and stuff on the other side of the world versus using that um that infrastructure that's been built out already to go across the ocean and all this other stuff. That's gonna be crazy if he starts going that far. Like I said, like we talk about Elon a lot on here. The main reason we do is because Doing what you would expect somebody, like the the stories we hear about, like, yeah, they got tired of that, so they changed it. And this is what he's doing. He did it with cars. Now he's doing it with the internet. He's trying to do it in the medical field. We're not going to get too much on Elon because this is about um, RVs today. But 
that's just unreal how much that will change because it would make a lot of people, I don't think this will ever happen in America. A lot of people are worried we're going to run out of room in America. And if I look at Bean Beans right now and I tell him to drive to me, he would be like, where? There's plenty of space out. Go out west. I promise you <laughs> there's land. Now, granted, will that yeah. land have to be filled up? But I don't think we'll ever have an overpopulation problem in America overall. Like there might be one in New York City. But if people moved out, which I get, there's no job in certain areas, like it's the desert. Long story short, there's plenty of land out here. And I could see people eventually just become a remote worker. And if they have this for internet, they're going to work from home. They don't have to worry about yep. overspending on satellite. It'll be perfect. So, like, so one more point about the Starlink thing is I yeah. think, and this has just been a speculation of mine. I haven't even tried to look it up or anything. Yeah. I think the whole purpose of Elon doing Starlink um, was simply for his plans for Mars. Holy on Mars. shit. And then that internet also connecting to Earth. So you would have, I would imagine, one master satellite over Mars that would send, and, and Earth that would send internet traffic back and forth. Um, obviously, there's going to be a huge latency, but we've already been doing this with satellites for years. Um, it used to just be radio signals, and I think now we do it using lasers. Now, I think uh, the International Space Station, for example, communicates via laser transmission. Um, so imagine living on Mars in 2050, and you're able to FaceTime your grandma living on Earth. Like, I think that's the whole purpose of why he's doing this, is not only a proof of concept, but also to, to uh, kind of like a test bed. Test bed on Earth, get it working really good on Earth, and then you get it, that same thing working over on Mars. And then the only problem you have to solve is the communication between both. That's unfucking real. And I can see that exactly being why he did that. I'm going to clip this later for TikTok because <laughs> that is huge. And I could see him doing that. Like it's rolling, it's, you know, spinning in my head like, holy shit. Yeah. If he perfects that, not only can he source that for him going to Mars and everything, he can source that out to NASA or all these other companies that have satellites out there to kind of help get the, you know, hey, we want to use this service to stream back what we're seeing maybe in real time in outer space that's far out of our reach. You know what I mean? Like, yep. real. It's the next level of infrastructure. Got to remember that tomorrow. And we, we, we got to talk about Elon, man. That, that makes me wish we would have talked about him more and more. But going back to that, yeah, I think that's why RVs, people are going to probably start leaning more towards that because we're all this big guy and it's amazing it's absolutely breathtaking he lives in a good spot where he can see most of it and then kind of go to all the states later on if he wants to but i feel like that's why the reason we bring up the tiny home the rvs why people are more and more and doing it it's for that freedom because and like i i was talking to my friends yesterday we were talking about all the trips we've been on there's some people that have never left their state have you ever thought about that Oh yeah, like I was never... like that for most of my life. Holy cow! How I grew I... up in I grew up in Fresno, California, and I I did leave California one time when I was young with my grandpa, but I I think we were like maybe fifty miles into Oregon, like we went to the nearest lake in Oregon, and then we went back home. And I was young; I was probably not even ten. So I don't remember. The only thing I actually do remember about Oregon is the exact moment we crossed into the Oregon border uh, or crossed into Oregon, mm -hmm. the roads changed immediately. <laughs> <laughs> 
But um, oh, and it's funny man. because I still notice that today when I cross between California and Arizona, and when I drove all the way down from North Dakota, it was every time I got into a state, you would, it's literally a line. It's like where the road workers are like, not our problem, and they stopped. Well, they're not being paid to work. That's that's Arizona's problem, or that's California's problem. Yeah, exactly. It's the same way when you go from Tennessee to Kentucky, then Kentucky to Illinois. The minute you get into Illinois, you just hear dun 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 dun. dun. You just yep. hear that that sound. But, but what got me to really want to travel was I took an opportunity one time um, to fly up to North Dakota and drive a truck down for for my buddy's business, um, and I jumped on it. It was it was all paid for. I didn't have to, uh, um, or I got reimbursed for like my um, food, but they gave me a gas card and everything. All the all the other yeah. expenses were paid for, um, and I jumped on it. And just seeing North Dakota. Um, and I flew into an airport that bordered uh, United States and, and Canada. So just seeing the north, like I've never been that far north, period. Yeah. And then I, I was able to hop in a truck and at my pace drive all the way back down. And I went from North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Colorado, um, New Mexico, and, uh, and then back to Arizona. Before then, the only other state I've been to besides California, technically Oregon, and Arizona was Texas. I went to San Antonio, Texas for a weekend um, to see uh, a buddy of mine graduate from uh, Air Force boot camp. That was cool seeing Texas, but I tell you this, the difference between flying and driving is insane. Yes, driving takes a lot longer. If your goal is to simply just get to that destination and do what you want to do with that destination and then get back home, flying is, is absolutely the right way to go. But if your goal is to experience the, the, let's say, just the United States or something like that, driving is absolutely the best thing to do because it's not just the destination you're getting to. It's all the crazy things in between. Now, I wish I did this, but even just driving south through Colorado, there were so many spots where I wanted to just stop and look at the freaking mountains. They were insanely beautiful. Um, and it, it, driving through New Mexico from the northern uh, part all the way down to Albuquerque, there's next to nothing there. It's just barren, flat land. But it, it had its own beauty. It was almost like yeah. that uh, Route 66 feeling where yeah. it's just open road. There weren't that many people on the road or anything. It was just like I could get out of my car and sit in the middle of the road and just take it in kind of deal. Have you um, um, have you been on my Instagram? You, you can say yes or no. I'm not upset if you have or not. No, I have not. <laughs> Go have fun on it. Go through the photo. What I do for a living is I before COVID, I would manage these tours and we would have to travel. Everything you're saying is so true. Like you guys have no idea how beautiful this country is until you travel and flying is absolutely best when you need to get to places but if you can drive you're not going to regret it you're going to think about when you were driving at night across through arizona and you saw all the stars you're going to think about when you drive over to uh, north dakota no south dakota and you see mount rushmore and you see all the little like hills and valleys like California is absolutely majestic. Big Sur, Monterey. Have you been there yet, um, Meat and Bean? I have been all over California, and I, I actually have to disagree with you about the majestic part. California is no longer majestic in my opinion. Really? Why? 
Um, they went through a drought a couple of years ago, and yeah. it's been rough ever since. You go drive through California, whether it be in the winter, the summer, spring, fall, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It is mostly brown. It is, it's, it's another Arizona, in my opinion. If you um, were to look at my photos when I went through Big Sur, I must have gone through the perfect time. Lush green land. It was amazing, beautiful. But I can get, like, if you wanted to go maybe, like, L.A., over in that area, very ugly, not very pretty. Um, what's, uh, what's north of? Uh, it's, not, it's south of uh, San Francisco. And it's uh, Santa Monica was still beautiful. Or Santa Cruz. Yes, Santa Cruz was still beautiful. Interesting, though. Like you think so? That. If you it, if you, you are a California native California, though too, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to explore California, my uh, suggestion would be to fly to Sandy uh, San Diego. Yep. Um, rent a car and drive up the one as much as you possibly can. You'll have yeah. to get off the one and go onto the one hundred one and yep. stuff like that. But in my opinion, the best part of California is the coast. Yes, and all of the the different cities along the coast are almost their own little cultures. Yes. So San Diego is so much different than um, LA, for example. Yeah. And um, you go even north of that and you get to, to uh, Morro Bay and then Monterey and yep. um, there's Pismo and all these little yeah. tiny coastal towns that are just absolutely beautiful. The, the architecture is different. The vibe is different. Um, and then on top of that, you can almost drive from south to north California with the ocean on your left side. Yeah. Almost always. Like I well, said, you will have that's to what I'm talking about, get on but, the 101, but yeah, but that's what I'm talking about. When I think of California, I do agree with you on the other parts about California. It has been kind of sad to see that, especially in LA. Like I remember when everybody freaked out when they had that long, like it rained for a while there and then everything was green. They were like, wow, this is how it would really look. And it's like, yeah, kind of sad, but yeah, that's exactly how it looked. But um, traveling across the U.S. is just something that needs to be done more often. And I think a lot of us are going to start heading that way because with remote working in terms of like between podcasts, between doing stuff like your, your job for as a data analysis, and then also just being able to do most of our stuff from home, I think we're going to see kind of a surge in there. This isn't a stock recommendation, but that might be something to look into if you were <laughs> investing. I would look into these companies, these generator these uh rvs and be like I-, I think that's where we're going i mean i see that's where you're going and um i can see why you know what i mean like it's just it's too convenient and t- such more way more simpler than just i don't know renting a car and then just trying to like stay in your car or why not enjoy it? you know the best parts about yeah. america which is i think it's natural beauty um we have to thank uh mr roosevelt for that one for helping us preserve all right. our parks and what but like it's a huge deal. But that being said, man, yeah. do you have anything else you want to talk about on the RV part? Um, I want to I wanna talk about, and I don't know if maybe you have some information about this, but yeah. storage. So, Go ahead. So I, I rent. I don't own. And if I end up buying a house before I buy an RV, I absolutely will want to buy... A house with some sort of RV storage, like maybe like an extra uh, extra wide back or side yard or something like that, that I can even install an RV gate into or something like that. But if mm. I don't have that, part of buying an RV is you have to store it somewhere. Yep. And um, if you can't store it at your own house, then you have to store it at a yard. 
a storage yard and there could be a lot of problem with doing that and on top of that it's an extra cost it's a monthly cost um so let's say you buy an rv new or used but you buy it on loan you're making that payment for the rv you're probably going to want to have insurance for that rv as well and then on top of that you're also going to have to pay for storage um and if you're not using that rv very much it may not be worth it so for me it is something that I'm probably going to have to uh, fight with myself to make sure that I use that RV. So I, I, it would be a waste if I bought an RV and I took it on one trip and then it sat for two years. I would, I would absolutely have to make plans in advance and stick to those plans to take that RV out, go on that week vacation, go see you know Mount Rushmore or whatever I want to do. And, um, you know, go to Cal, like I was saying, go into California every other week or every other month or every month or something like that and make that RV useful. Don't buy it, store it and forget about it because then you're just wasting money. Well, don't store it if you have the parking space for it, if I'm being promised. Oh, thank you, Mad Hatter. But like, I I would definitely recommend like if you're going to store it, shop around. And then also, if you can find... If you're going to have those solar panels and you're going to store it and not go check it, take those solar panels off so they don't get dusty or damaged Every you're not. If it's not in a, like inside a building or something. That's yeah. one thing we noticed or with our stolen. trailer. Yeah. Our trailer, when it was um, left outside because they wanted us to store it, they didn't want to pay for inside. The graphics on top had to be completely redone, completely clean. That way, um, it's it just horrible because all that does is just the sun's hitting it. Dust is hitting it, dirt's hitting it, and it just gets nasty. And you don't want to ruin those solar panels. Well, as long as you do that, you should be pretty good to go. Like, but that is something I would hate to store it. I would want it to be in my yard or next to me, so I'm always looking at it. So I do it. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. I, I same thing. Same thing. I would want to. I would want to keep it close. I would want not only that, but I would probably be messing with it quite a bit. Yeah. I, I am that kind of person. I don't keep anything original <laughs> yeah so i would want to like oh, i'm gonna see how i can mount a tv in here and mess with the electronics a little bit or maybe mess with the layout a little bit or flooring rugs in it you know do all that kind of stuff and that'd be really hard to do if i'm storing it somewhere because i gotta get it park it out front do all that thing and then go take it back you know yeah be a, a pain it would be but at least you would have and also the other thing is training it you guys got to remember to train uh the bathroom hugely important because you're going to hate not draining that smelling it or smelling it in your car yeah you've got to learn to drain it even your water after you get clean like you're like oh it's just i just showered that's gonna smell dude it always does you know standing water is never a good smell ever right well hey for tomorrow what do you think we should talk about do you guys have any ideas real quick before we hop off here and if you guys have been here the whole time and you subscribe i'm gonna do the credits You'll be able to see your name pop up, especially if you're a mod in here as well. But if you guys have anything you want us to talk about, let us know. Because I think tomorrow it's either going to be Elon, relationships. What's another one we wanted to talk about? I know there's another one I'm trying to uh, I definitely wanted to talk about stocks, but that's more of a, a personal thing. Because no you know a ton about that, and I don't know hardly anything about it. So Everyone wants <laughs> me to make a Patreon for that. But like, it's so complicated because I cannot give you financial advice. That is illegal. But I can tell you what I like which is what um, Rowan Kitty did for GME. Um, I can tell you what I like and why I picked this company, why I like that. 
tell you a little bit about PE ratios and stuff like that. How Warzone is not that good. Uh, I could do that all day. But um, yeah, we love everyone loves here in stock. We could totally totally do that. I'll make sure I get a couple little things up so I can show you guys back and forth on the screen. That will make it a lot easier too. I can go back and forth on there. With that being said, yeah, and go ahead. And sorry, just one one more thing about the whole stock thing is like. Um, not necessarily for you to get financial advice, but I'm more interested in how you got into it. Yeah. What steps did you take to get into it? How do you learn about all this stuff? Um, was it was it super risky, or was it as risky as you thought it was when you started? Like, was it was it something that surprised you? It was like, wow, this isn't that hard. It's not that risky. It's it's kind of fun, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think tomorrow you're going to be grilling me if that's the case, asking me these questions, <laughs> and because I those are the good questions. But um, thank you for joining us today, guys. We really, really appreciate, you, appreciate you. And um, thanks for meeting Beans, always coming on here with me to talk with me about stuff. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one. You still there, man? That was a good one. We definitely need to do the stock one. I forgot how much people really want to hear that one. He had some good questions already on that. But um, yeah, um, I'm going to let them know they can let the kids out. Uh, they, they all woke up from their nap. So um, that was a good one, man. I think everyone's going to like that. I need to let people know. Oh, the other thing I got to figure out is how to... Some of my videos are long or more than... Uh, so many gigabytes like it can only do i think up to two or three gigabytes 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 to two or three